service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. It has been just over one year since the first photos uh, taken by the James Webb Space Telescope were uh, unveiled. And I think we all remember seeing them the first time and thinking, like, these are out wow. of this world, right? Yeah. They're absolutely phenomenal. Or that they were abstract paintings that yes. somebody made up. This can't be real. Yeah. Look at these pictures. They're stunning. Uh, but it, the, the James Webb Space Telescope was put up there for more than just us going, wow, that Those looks cool. Those are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pictures. I love them. Uh, what can we learn by looking deep into space, by seeing different levels of light and all of this? Well, let's find out. So over the last year, what have we learned? so far? What do we continue to learn? Maybe there's new questions we never thought of before. Why don't we have a chat with Josh Peltonen, who's a, a master's student studying astronomy at the University of Alberta and has been glued to the James <laughs> Webb Telescope, just like so many others over the last year. Uh, good day. How are you today, Josh? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, we're good. Thank you. Josh, give us an idea. When you first saw the first pictures uh, from the from the telescope unveiled what uh, just over, I think it was like a year and six days ago, what went through your mind? Well, uh, like you were saying, I was, I was, my jaw just dropped and I, I basically just spent all day uh, waiting for the new images to start coming in and, and analyzing and studying all the little details, zooming in. The first images they released were absolutely amazing. Uh, Can you explain to us how you uh, go through those pictures? Because there's just the visual, you see it, but uh, the the telescope picks up on different types of light, different layers of light. What do you specifically look at beyond just the visual? I'm sure there's a lot of data that comes back that helps you to dive into it. Oh, absolutely, yes. Uh, So it really depends on what type of research you're trying to do, uh, but all of these images are made up of usually multiple images, uh, and they combine them all together and make them look so pretty. Uh, But if you're actually doing science with this, usually you're, you're trying to identify individual stars out of out of the images or you're trying to uh, find individual galaxies for the people who are looking for these very distant galaxies or looking at the gas and the dust or or sometimes even looking at the, the spectra that come from the telescope and looking at what the atmospheres of planets around other stars are made of. There's so many amazing things you can learn from looking at the data coming from this telescope. Josh, um, I think uh, the area of research that you're involved with, what I've read is, you know, the gas and the dust that form the stars. So when you're taking a look at some of these pictures, let's say the one, uh, the ones that were just released a couple of days ago, which are, again, they, it's, it, it looks like a fiery creature from, from somewhere. What are you pulling from some of these pictures? Yeah, so... The, the area that I work in is, is star formation. So I look at these these star-forming regions or nebulas, big clouds of gas and dust in space, and I specifically try and find the young stars that are forming in these clouds of gas and dust. So the image that was just released uh, a few days ago 
you can see there's lots of big bright stars in there and some of them are just recently formed so there's like this big bubble looking thing in in the center of the image and there's a big star right in the middle and that big star has has recently formed and is now blowing away all of that gas and dust and so all of the parts of that process are what people like me are interested in looking at how these stars form from the gas and dust and then how they begin to destroy and dismantle this this cloud that they came from it's a very fascinating uh, process that there's lots of things we don't fully understand about it yet and i guess the james way i'm trying to wrap it uh, my head around how you know in layman's terms or you know not in in astronomers terms uh, why it's mm-hmm. so specific so we can take a big shot of space but it's almost like a, the really good uh, pixel photo so you can just keep <laughs> zooming in and you still have uh, extraordinary clarity is that why uh, it, it seems to worry it's just the incredible clarity you can get by zooming in to an image yeah so the thing that JWST is amazing at is is getting these very high uh, resolution, very sharp images where it seems like you can just zoom in for days. That's a, that's a good way of, of looking at it, I think, where uh, if, if you just took a telescope into your backyard, a, a little one, and you tried to take a, a picture of the same area, there's no way you could get the same amount of clarity and, and sharpness. And that's those details that are uh, amazing to look at and important for astronomers too. Josh, how did you, um, or why did you uh, become an astronomer? Well, from from a young age, I always just loved space and and loved science. And it, it turns out there, that's something you can just do uh, is <laughs> is love space for a living. So you can just go to university and and study uh, astrophysics, which is what I did, and many people like me have done too. What have you learned in the last year from the James Webb Space Telescope? Is there uh, and, uh, and can you describe it in a way that I'm going to get it? Yeah, that we can understand <laughs> yeah, it, please, Josh. Please. <laughs> Well, me specifically, I what I've just been doing is is finding tons and tons of young stars that are still in the process of forming. So there's a, a nearby galaxy called the Triangulum Galaxy, and we got some amazing images from that galaxy. And I've been identifying hundreds of these young stars that we've never seen before still in the process of forming and that is a very small piece of what we in in general have learned from james webb there's every aspect of astronomy has had major breakthroughs and discoveries and and very interesting things that they found so josh why is this important though i mean why should people um you know care about this sort of research why you know let's let's bring it home to our to our listeners about um why this research is important to the everyday person well that is sometimes a a difficult question to answer but i think part of it is just that in learning about how these stars are forming or how these planets are made or how these planets are are different from the one we are on uh it can tell us a lot about uh what we're doing in in the in the universe and uh why our planet is the way it is why our star is the way it is and i think that's kind of important information to know why we are the way we are but also just these discoveries often lead to other discoveries that are are useful in uh, our everyday life so uh, advancing science often leads to better technologies which are useful for everyone in in a broader sense as well 
And I'm still, you know, every time we talk about this, I still try to wrap my head around the distances. <laughs> yeah. The, how far? So this this tarantula nebula that uh, was the focus of the newly released uh, images, that's what, 300 light years away? Yeah, the, the Ro'ofiyuki cloud is like 390 light years away or something like that, which is, yeah, like you say, it's it's not something that's easy to wrap your head around. Even distances in our own solar system are ridiculously huge. Uh, but uh, we just kind of have to accept these numbers and uh, and and move on almost. But uh, you, you can try your best to, to to figure out how far away these things are. But putting them into perspective on our when we're on our day-to-day we're dealing with like 50 kilometers or so it's it's a hard to think to think about well the reflection uh or our sun the light left in 1723 and just got there <laughs> the other day but you're actually looking three million light years away that's 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 where i get into the i can't even fathom yeah yeah it's it and in, in astronomy terms, when I'm looking at this galaxy that's three million light years away, people call it a nearby galaxy <laughs> because it's uh, one of the closest galaxies to us. There's ones that are so, so much further away. So, yeah, once you start talking to astronomers about distances, it gets a little bit mind-boggling. <laughs> Josh, we're going to leave it there this morning. Thank you so much for uh, the conversation this morning and telling us about the work that you're doing and uh, and and how the James Webb Space Telescope is uh, impacting that and really opening up so much mm-hmm. to so many. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. been great. Take care. Josh Pelton is a master's student studying astronomy at the University of Alberta. I mean, you look at this new picture that came out just the other day. Mm-hmm. It looks like a multicolored jellyfish demon. <laughs> Yes, yes, it does. When you look at it, it is just a spectacular photo, and uh, it it must be like drinking water through a fire hose right now for those studying space and trying to, you know, piece together and and pick apart what what they're getting back in these photos. Anyway, we'll take a pause here at 645, back with more right after this. Another one bites the dust. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Six forty-eight. It is time for us to go to Winnipeg. Uh, go morning, to Winnipeg. Morning, Scott took off yesterday and uh, and landed uh, yesterday afternoon. And then, of course, we covered pla- uh, practice, just getting ready for the Elks game uh, tomorrow night. Morley Scott. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Pretty good. Good. How you doing? How's Winnipeg this morning? Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? It looks okay. I haven't been outside yet today. I got in late, uh, well, uh, early evening, about 7 o'clock or so last night, and I came right to the hotel, and I did some work, went to bed, got up, and I haven't been outside yet, so I don't okay. I don't know, but I'm looking out my hotel window now, and the sun is shining. It's supposed to be uh, warm today, so that's nice. Um, supposed to be really hot for the game tomorrow, like around 26 or 27, Ooh. I believe I saw, so uh, it should be nice. The Elks will arrive uh, early this morning. 
and uh, start their preparations here in Winnipeg uh, for the game tomorrow as well. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one for them. Oh, you know what? It's going to be a really tough one. I mean, the Elks uh, against Winnipeg, it's, they've really struggled. I mean, they've lost their last seven in a row against the Blue Bombers, and we know their struggles this season, and we know uh, we know their struggles at home. Uh, as we said yesterday when we found out, uh, the worst thing is the Bombers are wearing their uh, road uniforms for this game for some reason tonight, which means the Elks have to wear their home uniforms, which haven't, of course, won for a long time. So uh, we'll we'll see if that turns any tails or not in this whole mess that we're in. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the Elks and the Blue Bombers tomorrow night. Winnipeg, of course, lost that game last week in over overtime and they had the big lead in the fourth quarter. So they're going to be angry. They're going to be angry, and it's it, it'll be a tough night. It'll be a tough night tomorrow. So hopefully the Elks can uh, can get some traction. I still wonder if that uh, the whole uniform thing doesn't become billboard material. They're trying to they're rubbing our faces in it. Let's go let's go kick some butt. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh it would be nice to to be able to put something up on the other billboard when it, when the game's over, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it is it is kind of weird. I know the bombers announced the whole schedule of the different uniforms they're gonna wear for the rest of the year in their home games. So uh, they chose to wear their uh, their home uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, it, or their road uniforms in this one. So Elks will be dressed in uh, in uh, dark green jerseys uh, tomorrow night. All right, Taylor Cornelius gets the start as QB. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Cornelius will get the start. Uh, he's played Winnipeg a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, his first ever start uh, back in 21, uh, he was kind of forced into it the day before. Trevor Harris was injured uh, in the game before, and then after a couple of days of practice, realized he couldn't go. So on short notice, uh, the the raw rookie got his first start against the uh, the best team in the league back in 2021, and uh, played him I think three times that year. Played him three more times last year, and he's going to play him again this year uh, tomorrow night. So he knows them well, uh, which means he's got some familiarity with them. But he also knows how good they are too, because uh, that defense of the Bombers has so many game breakers on it, from from Willie Jefferson to Adam Big to everybody else so uh, it'll be tough while we were hearing uh, during Cody's sportscast a little while ago uh, Coach Jones talking about there's a bunch of Hall of Famers over there that's a tough team Uh, sure they put their uniforms on same as we do but it's a tough team so do the Elks have to play a perfect game in order to win well, yes and no. You can't obviously play the perfect game, but they got to play really well. I think, and, and uh, I was on our sister station, CGOB, last night in Winnipeg, and I was talking about that. And said, if they're going to win this game, they're going to win it with their defense. They're going to have to really uh, hold the Bombers' offense at bay, uh, keep the score down, keep it close as long as they can into the third quarter, and then and then get a break, then get a big play offensively or a big play defensively that maybe scores some points and win it that way. So their defense will have to win this game toward it because they're offense hasn't shown a lot of signs of scoring a ton of points yet this year right so uh, the defense is going to have to be strong all right well we'll be tuning in tomorrow afternoon my friend thank you for this all right guys good to talk to you we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning yeah you betcha Sounds good all right morning scott in winnipeg the Th- land of the enemy that uh that whole uniform thing what a what a mind bend but right do you there think it was, i wonder do you think it was intentional you, I, if they if they had their schedule out early on Oh, there was a long home losing streak last year, yeah. too. Right? <laughs> it's been going on for a while. Do teams <laughs> really feel that they need the mental warfare against yes. Edmonton, though? Like, the That's Elks are good at shooting themselves in the foot as is. You really don't need to mess with them too much. Well, make them mad, and then they'll take penalties. <laughs> That's what the Winnipeg's thinking. Maybe. Right? Who knows? Oh, well. All right. Here's hoping. I mean, get out of a funk, do it against one of the best teams.